1: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knudsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, Mm-hmm. You know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll The oh, Bachelor. Uh that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm.
0: This, this is, is the game, game of Roses.
3: Welcome, Welcome to, the, to game the Game of, of roses. roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace
2: Case. Who, me? I'm Bachelor Clues. Today's Monday. Hi. Hello. Hello there. Hello there, sir. Today's <laughs> Monday. Ha <laughs> Today's Monday. So that means we got to dig deeper for ye. And this digging deeper is very interesting. It is tea heavy. it is Ooh. I don't know I don't know yet what to call this. It's a little bit of sour grapesing from Dark Lord Harrison. but more than that, it is a completely unhinged uh digging into how Dark Lord Harrison, in my opinion, views everything in the world, all situations oh God. as being a mirror <laughs> for his own perceived mistreatment by the media system. Uh, that he was the king of for so long. so Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get to this stuff. It, it really is crazy. The clips we have uh, this week come from In the Booth with Sean Booth. That uh, is his new podcast. He, of course, was the ring winner of Caitlin Bristow's Bachelorette Season 11. Famously could not say the words Nick Vial. Had to call Nick Vial, his competitor on that season, the other guy. For, for me, Sean Booth will always be that. I knew that was the next
3: sentence. Just by the way you paused, I was like, his next statement <laughs> <is> coming.
2: <laughs> we also have clips from Almost Famous with guest Sarah Trott. Uh, and by the way, Sean Booth spills massive tea in these first two clips about producer manipulation on mm-hmm. his season. We also have uh, Sarah Trott on Almost Famous. She's spilling tea about producer manipulation. Some of the shit they did to her, unreal. Uh, what they, I mean, just blatant lies
3: her own tower. Uh,
2: we then have Off the Vine with guest Grocery Store <laughs> Joseph. Now, it's important to remember here, there are no new episodes of Clickbait. There are no new episodes of Bachelor Happy Hour happening for a few weeks now. We don't know what the state of these two... Joe Drought. Well, it's not a Joe Drought, because he's he's on Off the Vine. He's still making the rounds. He's still out in the podcast sphere. He's just not hosting Clickbait. And Happy Hour is also... At least right now, off the air, we don't know what the fate of these two company podcasts are. We know they closed the doors on talking it out with Mike Johnson and Brian Abaslo. Are they about to close the doors on these two podcasts?
3: Or is it a rebrand? Could be a rebrand. Look, at least rebrand Clickbait. Happy Hour is fine. I need Clickbait.
2: <laughs> I agree. Um, we do know that there is some massive shakeup happening at the producer tier of The Bachelor. And some of those producers did cross over into producing the podcast as well. So it may be a matter of producers are just quitting and they don't have anybody to put these podcasts together. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, Warner Brothers, we're available. We can turn those podcasts into something great. Let us know.
3: Yes, we can. God, Clues, you know what this episode sounds like? It sounds like mm-hmm. the wars are are fully alive. World War Three.
2: Right. Uh, <laughs> the Salt stores are always alive. Uh, we will get to some more of them. We also go to Off the Vine with guest Dave Neal, a fellow micro show. He visited yes. Caitlin Bristow, and they talked all about her time in game, and they talk about media coverage around The Bachelor, which is very interesting. And then the final nine clips in today's show come to us from one episode of the most dramatic podcast ever. This is Dark Lord Harrison's podcast. That uh, episode is titled "Blindsided Betrayal," and he talks a lot in this episode about the merger between the PGA Professional Golf Association and Live Golf, which is the Saudi Arabian state-controlled golf league. It it, it has been. I mean, he'll he'll explain it a little bit in one of these clips when we get to it.
3: Is he in Live? No, he's
2: he's firmly against Live, I believe. But um, we'll get to all of that. He kind of explains what it is, and I'll I'll add some supplementary content to kind of like fill in the gaps. But the bottom line is he starts to compare his own situation in The Bachelor and everything that happened to him to what the PGA has done to one of its players that it put out front and center to be kind of the, the mouthpiece of the organization before this merger. And it just, I mean, we'll get to it, but he can just find any opportunity to make something about him that has nothing to do with him at all. It I is a, a thing to behold. So, let's begin this. Digging deeper. All right. The first two clips come to us from Sean Booth's new podcast, In the Booth. These clips are from June 5th episode. Uh, in this first clip, Booth reveals some tea about the manipulative tactics producers used on him during Caitlyn Bristow's
4: Bachelorette season. Starting off with a, a big piece of tea here. Here we go. Five of us guys, and it was a group date. Mm-hmm. And this is like, they play sh- games with you on the show so bad. They'll mess with your head so bad. And um, I was waiting my turn to get my time with Caitlin. And I'm, I mean, I'm sitting there for hours, and everybody's getting like 18 an hour, in. hour and a half. And then like I finally get my time with her, and they give us like not even 10 minutes. Jesus. Like On purpose? Yeah, they just like mess with you. Like if they see somebody who's got a good connection, they're like, we're going to do whatever we can to try and build up the other relationships and try and kind of mess this one up. Okay. And she was like, I'm saving a spot for us at the top of the factory. It's like this rotating room. You can see the whole city. She's like, I'm going to save that spot for us. And then she got me. She's like, all right, let's go. We start walking up there. The producer was like, no, no, sorry, you guys can't go up there. It's closed for the night. Like, whatever. They're like, you have to sit right here. it's so like we sit there at this little table, had 10 minutes with her, go back down, sitting on this table with all the beers. I start drinking. Another guy, he goes on a date, and then he comes back two hours later. Jesus. And I was like, uh, he's like, man, it was awesome. I, I went to I, the rotating the, I room. I went to the rotating room at the top of the factory. What? And I was like, motherfucker. I'm like, these
2: Do you remember who was in the rotating room?
3: No.
4: It reminds me of
3: um. The player who set up the the date out front. Uh, it was like a bed out front of the mansion or something mm-hmm. to look at the stars. Yeah. And then they gave it to ten other people before. her. <laughs> yes. Who was
2: that? I don't remember. And I don't remember who was in this rotating room. I hope it was Nick Vial, but this is astounding. We know that they do this kind of shit, but when you hear a player say it, mm-hmm. first unreal. So they told Sean Booth, oh yeah, we're going to put you up in this rotating room. You're going to have a nice moment with her. Then they, they point like lie to him. Oh, it's closed. You can't go up there. Then the very next guy gets to do it. These tactics are all things they use to get in your head, to rattle you, to make you more skeptical of everything that's going on. They knew that he was a front runner and they were trying to get to him. This is like unreal tea. This is definitely a contract violation. He cannot reveal these things. Mm-hmm. So w- let's see if he gets sued. Let's see if they try to shut down this podcast.
3: Yeah. How much time each yeah. person got, huh? each person got, et cetera. This is, this is very tea. Yeah. Sean Booth didn't, didn't see this coming.
2: I agree. And let's move on to this next clip in which he continues to spill tea about producer manipulation on that season. I'm very fascinated by uh, what this podcast might Mm -hmm. become if he continues down this T path. We'll see. But here's this next clip. Uh, Take a listen.
4: And I get like back to the hotel and they could tell I was upset. They're like, do you want to go see Caitlin? I'm like, yeah, I want to go see Caitlin. Oh God,
3: that's (laughs) like, yeah, where's her
4: room? And then (laughs) they bring me up to her room. And I remember like, and this is like, I've been drinking all day. Not only Guinness, but we were at like in Dublin drinking whiskey and with Harrison and all this stuff so you're talking about one or two in the morning and basically yeah, yeah I was like this with one eye open and then I just like vaguely remember that like cameras follow me down the hallway and then like I knock on her door <laughs> <laughs> and it's like she's sitting there and then she opens the door and she's like in her pajamas like she took off all of her makeup and she's like eating meatballs she's got like meatball (laughs) in her teeth not expecting anybody to come up and I'm like hey can I talk to you (laughs) she's like no (laughs) yeah what and they sit us down on this couch and I remember the producer was telling me "He's like you better tell her this and I'm like I'm not gonna tell her that (laughs) I'm like I'm not gonna tell her that and then I would sit down on the couch. And I was like staring at her, like trying to focus on her. And I was like trying to whisper to her. Cause the cameras were behind me. And I was like, I don't want to be here. They're making me do this. <laughs> and then, um, they're like yelling at me. They pull me in the hallway. They're like, you better tell her this. And I'm like, and I go back. What is back.
0: this? The military?
4: Yeah, Jesus. pretty much. And I go back in and I was like, uh, yeah. So I just, you know, I don't know why you did this or that. And then I was like, but I'm
1: not saying this.
4: (laughs) And like, I was turning my head and she's like, what is going on? This is so outrageous. And so then whatever, I can't remember the rest of the conversation. I go back downstairs next morning. I wake up and I got uh, Ben Higgins, who's like the best dude in the world. He's in the bed next to me. And I wake up out of sheer panic. Like, dude, what just happened? I'm like, I think I went up to Caitlin's
3: room last night. He's like, oh, you did, he's buddy. Like,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much like, oh, yeah, you did. And I'm like.
3: With cameras and everything.
1: With
4: cameras and everything. huh? And he's like, yeah. And so I'm panicking <laughs> big time because I don't remember. Like, That's where your anxiety minute. started. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm freaking out. And then another producer comes and grabs me. And then uh, he's fired up at me. He was so mad that I didn't say what, I, what they wanted me to say. And he's like, You better tell her this tonight, or we're sending you home. And, um, and you did it. I was like, Yikes! Yikes! I was like, At that point, I'm like, Where am I right now? Like, I'm like, What did I get myself into? There you have it.
3: My mouth Sean is Booth. a gape.
2: I know. I mean, this is definitely a contract violation. He's openly talking about
3: contract violation, contract violation. How producers
2: essentially wrote a script for him in this staged knock-knock with Caitlin Bristow, and that while he was trying to deliver the script...
3: Waited till he was blackout drunk.
2: Waited till he's blackout drunk, <laughs> two in the morning or whatever. And then as he's delivering the script, he's literally turning his head so producers can't see him to whisper to Caitlin, I don't want to be here. They're making me say this.
3: Doesn't understand the concept of a microphone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they can obviously still hear him. But this is the kind of shit that I'm always curious about. Clearly, there's producer manipulation going on. Do players openly talk to each other about it as it's happening? Here is conclusive evidence. Yes, they do. This is a pl- And what an interesting first audience game to essentially break the illusion that the- all we're doing is dating here and finding love. To break that illusion with the first audience and say, we both know there's fucking producers here telling me to say shit I don't want to say. You need to know that's happening right now. Fascinating.
3: It's... <sighs> It makes me understand his edit a little bit more, I feel like, because they kind of made it seem like he was being petty about Nick. Yeah. And, um, no, this is wild. I mean, but he's probably learned from the best, KP. He's like, I'm launching a new podcast. I got to spill tea. Of course. This is, you know. I, I, this is pretty strong tea, though. I was going to say this is a little mild. It's not. This it a strong tea. He's, I mean. I wonder if he's got other stuff over them or something like this is.
2: I don't know, and intense. I don't know what the the future of this podcast is. But so far, out like of the, the gate, pro-
3: producers threatening him to say stuff mean,
2: like we know that that has happened. Like producers will outright tell you if you like, I mean, we just said it. We know they're
3: told to say stuff on women tell all to get on sand.
2: I mean, but that's like dangling a carrot. If you read our script, we will invite you to paradise. This is the opposite. If you don't read our script, we're kicking you off the fucking show. Yeah, we we know that that is the case. But to hear it from a ring winner of one of the most important seasons in the history of The Bachelorette, Mm -hmm. the producer were telling him, if you don't say this fucking thing to her, we're kicking you off the show. You see in that phrase who actually holds the power in these situations. It is the producers. They determine everything. And he's essentially given us proof of that.
3: Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, they'll keep the person's top two. No, obviously. I mean, maybe it was an empty threat,
2: but. Could have been. But whatever. Even to to use that as leverage against somebody.
3: Obviously, it worked.
2: Absolutely. Keep them drunk. Make them do weird shit early in the morning or late at night, however you want to see it. And then threaten them to leave the show.
3: Uh, he's also honestly like a good storyteller. The way he does this, and he adds in the little tits about Ben Higgins being like, yeah, dude, you did go up there. It's cute.
2: <laughs> no, I know. But like, that's the shit. Can you imagine if that's what the show was? Show them, show the producers manipulating them and then show how the players are reacting to it. That would be fucking fascinating. I would love to see that show. Anyway. Let's move on. We have to, we have so many clips to get to and dig in this digging deeper. Our next two come to us from almost famous with guest Sarah Trott. This is from May 17th. In this first clip, Sarah Trott spills some tea about a lie. Producers told her about being able to speak to her dad during, uh, her season. And again, her dad had ALS. Remember this. Here we go.
1: Your dad was a proponent of you going on the show. He thought it was cool, which is nice and supportive. Um, how difficult was the decision to say, "Okay, let's do it," and knowing that you'd be away from your dad from anywhere for well you got you guys had that quarantine covid um and that the covid quarantine for the show was like way more intensive than the normal bachelor quarantine. It was like four or five days um, so how was that decision knowing that you'd be gone anywhere from like I don't know ten days to two months,
5: yeah. It definitely wasn't something I took lightly. It was a lot of conversations back and forth with my family, my mom, my sister, my dad, and just kind of weighing all of the options and having really candid conversations with them. And, you know, even talking to the producers like, hey, my situation is pretty unique. You know, mm-hmm. my dad has a terminal illness. He's stable right now. So, you know, being away for a few weeks isn't... um it's going to be difficult, but, you know, I feel like we could handle this. Would it be possible to make an exception where I could FaceTime or maybe, you know, with a producer in the room, of course, like during the the journey, if it's were to, were to be longer than, I don't know, night one, would I have that ability? And so the producers that I spoke with assured me I would be able to talk with them and stay in touch yeah. with them. And when I got there, though, that really wasn't the case, which really? was a bummer. Um, yeah yeah no way
1: because normally when people have kids they're really good with the facetime at least every other day but you felt like no
5: no not once
2: so this is definitely a contract violation uh in service of the sauce wars once again massive tea being spilled here about producers openly lying to someone whose father had a terminal illness she asked can i talk to my dad while i'm on the show can i do some facetimes with him they said yes and then when she gets there they literally did not let her do that.
3: This is horrible.
2: Yes, it's absolutely horrible. And this is what the producers at least of the bachelor, but I believe of most other reality shows too. This is what they're like. They don't actually give a fuck about the players.
3: He passed away the next year too.
2: Yeah. And and she self-eliminated. I mean, we'll we'll get to this next clip about that, but um
3: no wonder she self-eliminated.
2: Yeah. This is like I I try to impart this to players when I'm coaching them. That like these producers aren't your friends. They will do malicious shit to you, and a lot of players are like, "Yeah, but how bad can it be?" They're just going to set us up in funny group dates and shit. And I'm like, "No, it's stuff like this." Yeah. They're going to prohibit you from talking. They're going to lie directly to you.
3: I'm like, "What did they say?" I'm I'm very curious what they say to in that situation. Uh, uh later. Uh, production reasons. We can't do this.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's that. Ridiculous. Well, she gets to a, a little bit in this next clip. Let's just get into it. I mean. I I think this Mm. clip that we just listened to really sets up very well the reason why she wanted to leave that season early because she wasn't able to talk to her dad like they promised. And so in this next clip, she starts spilling a lot of tea about why she self-eliminated and how difficult it was to actually do that. And this also uh, is a contract violation. I'm telling you, these sauce wars are fucking never over, but every once in a while you get like a week where you're like, fuck, they're really fucking hot. Right now this shit is crazy. What, what we're about to hear Here- Small details
0: are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else
3: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off
1: your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made by heart a better formula for formula. Learn more at Byheart.com. heart.com.
4: We go. Do you have any idea why they didn't allow you to, to speak as much as you thought you were or at all? Uh, was, I mean, I'm sure you asked what was the typical response?
5: Oh yeah. Uh, they you know just kind of like pushing it off or being like oh maybe like let me ask someone else who who has the authority let me just like kind of like diffusing who the decision maker was on that and um you know i had a one on producer who was with me pretty frequently and it was weird to see how like even my trust with that person shifted when these basic needs like communicating with my family were kind of shuffled around and so my perception of reality felt like it was flipped upside down i'm like who can i trust here like i I felt like i was trapped i felt like it was just a really intense time of course like with the filming and being in a new situation like that plus the family stuff um i felt like it was fight or flight i need to get out of here i need to be with my family um it, it was really hard
1: so I would think that they'd want you to FaceTime so you could stick around, but I wonder if their initial thought, which is not good, was that not letting you FaceTime would make you more emotional,
5: or that I would, my parents would be worried about me and they'd see me stressed, contemplating everything and be like, "Yeah, just come home," and kind of, oh, um, but it could be that echo what I was already feeling. So yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I remember there was like hmm. a point when I was in the room and I was looking at, there's like no radios, no TV, no clocks, you know? And I just felt so trapped. I couldn't talk to my family Mm -hmm. and we were in Nima colon. And there was this little farmhouse like across the way. And I literally was like, maybe I I had this thought, like maybe I could run to that farmhouse. And like, then I could find like a phone and call my family. Like I was losing my mind. You guys, (laughs) that's
1: the sign. You got to go home. So how much pushback was there when you made the decision to go home?
5: It was it was like a five day process. Oh, um, you know, it that wasn't was just kidding. like okay, pack your bags, you can walk out. You know, it was a really lengthy process.
2: Because if you remember on that season, she was an uh, early front runner,
3: Yes, we thought she was maybe next Bachelorette.
2: I think the producers probably did too, and so they were trying to keep yeah. her around as long as they can. But as she describes Jesus. looking at that farmhouse and wanting to like escape to go find a phone, that's a fucking scene out of a horror movie.
3: Yeah, or like. <laughs> Yeah, kidnapping victim.
2: Yeah. And that's essentially at least Sarah Trott's experience. Other people can go through this experience and it's not as bad, whatever. They can weather the storm. Obviously, producers treat all the players differently. Sarah Trott here in these two clips has spilled some insane tea that is, again, clear contract violation. I don't think they will sue her over this.
3: Yeah. I feel like, I feel like she knows. I understand more where she's coming from versus Sean Booth. I'm like, she's clearly, you cannot sue her. This is. I feel like it's such a window into just how they generally operate the diffusion of the decision maker so that you feel so trapped. You're like, well, there's no one who could actually help me
2: here. Yeah. And I'm sure it is that thing of like...
3: And they're giving me the runaround.
2: Okay, well, let me talk to somebody. And then it's like, well, we're all going to sleep now. Okay, well, we'll get it taken care of in the morning. I, yeah. I promise you. And then the morning comes and a producer shows up. And is like, okay, exactly. everybody, up and at them. We have to go fucking do a forced violence date.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm not that producer or the phone call producer. Uh, someone else. Uh,
2: yeah. Can I please talk to my terminally ill father? Sure. After you put on this bikini. Come on. We're going to a beach group date.
3: I mean, that's obviously they, yeah, they wanted to keep her and they thought she would go home if she got on the phone. But this is like so fucked
2: up. Very dark. Very dark indeed.
3: (laughs) Very dark and unnecessary. This is unnecessary.
2: Absolutely unnecessary.
3: She would have been an extraordinary player even if she had contact with her dad.
2: But this culture of holding players hostage and doing bad shit to them, it starts at the fucking top with the executive producers, because whoever Sarah Trot's producer was, has a boss, went to that boss, and said, Sarah really needs to talk to her dad. Uh, she's uh, wants to FaceTime, blah, 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 blah. That boss, then maybe goes to the next up boss, and then that boss is like, hmm, tell her we'll let her do it. <laughs> and then never let her do it. Ah! <laughs> tell her we'll do it tomorrow. I mean, that is an active decision these producers yeah. make. Sarah Trot puts in a request. I would like to talk to my dad now. Someone yeah. in that chain says no. That is an active fucking decision to yes. be a horrible person <laughs> in service of what? More drama in quotes, good TV in quotes. It didn't make good TV. Everybody was sad and pissed when she self-eliminated.
3: No wonder this is the season that blew up The Bachelor. Like this is the toxicity comes from the top and clearly this is a very toxic environment. Damn, I feel so horrible for her for this. This is awful.
2: I do too. It's it's absolutely terrible. And like you're saying, unnecessary. It just it doesn't add anything. There's no reason to do this. At any rate, let's move on now to our next two clips. These two <laughs> clips feature someone called Grocery. These come to us from off the vine. The guest was Grocery on May 30th. And in this first clip, Grocery spills some fucking tea. Even grocery is tea spilling. I don't know what they're doing to his contract oh, over at Clickbait, but he's talking. He's singing. Go. So we're gonna hear uh we're gonna hear in this first clip. In this first clip, he's spilling tea about uh the idea of the story that he needed to stay in Chicago. Let's listen to this clip. If you wanna hear this clip of grocery store Joe on Off the Vine, talking about why he stayed in Chicago and you want to hear all of the other clips we have coming up including all of these dark lord harrison clips that are insane you just go to patreon.com slash gamer roses join us in the bottom of the pit you're going to get access to the rest of this episode you're going to get access to all of our digging deepers you're going to get access to our live show uh, that we do every monday at 4:30 pst you can submit those screams uh in our discord you're going to get access to pace case palapa dark Seeker dungeon you're going to get access to clues corner you're going to get access to a wide variety of all kinds of things. Sometimes we drop early merch in there, too. So if you'd like to join us in the bottom of the pit, please, once again, go to patreon.com slash roses, and we will see you in the bottom of the pit.
4: It's the pit. You can get it in. You dig around in
2: all this content. It's the pit. Come on,
4: admit you wanna eat up all these tasty tidbits? It's the pit, there's room enough to fit Everyone who wants to come in It's the pit, you
2: can get it in And dig around in all this content It's the pit, come on admit want to eat up all these tasty tidbits it's the pit there's room enough to fit everyone who wants to come in it's the pit